Yes, well, with each passing day, the Biden administration's approval rating, and particularly that of Joe Biden himself, continues to plummet, and it's not too difficult to see why. Look what's happened in the short period of time that he's been in office. It seems like ages, but this is only September, and he only consumed, uh, assumed, the range, I should say consumed, but he's consuming everything that there is American and turning this into something I can't even recognize. But... He's only assumed the reins of power since January 20th. And in that short span of several months, we've seen gas prices go from below $2 a gallon to pushing $4 and exceeding $4 in many states in this country. And we all know what a trickle-down effect that has on prices of all matter of goods and services and threatens to crash the economy and boost inflation. He's been an embarrassment in foreign policy. The way we pulled out of Afghanistan with our virtual tail between our legs and the unjustifiable amount of equipment and personnel and detection dogs that we left there is disgraceful. The people that we left there are disgraceful. The anarchy that we left there is disgraceful. And the absolute barbarians that now run the country and have replaced the power vacuum is a disgrace. And it's all the fault of the current United States government. No one is going to convince me, I don't think anyone's going to convince most Americans that President Trump would have left that way. I don't think President Trump particularly wanted to stay in Afghanistan, but I think it would have been managed in a very different way. Afghanistan is not a country, in my opinion. Afghanistan is just a loose association of tribes. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of The Jamie Dury Show, our newest conservative podcast that we hope will continue to grow. And as I explained yesterday, it is growing because it caught the attention of National Review Magazine. If you want to know more about that, just listen to the podcast from yesterday. But we are growing, and we encourage you to subscribe to the show, and you can do so in one of three easy ways. Simply go to the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store and either search for The Jamie Dury Show directly and subscribe, or download the free Podbean app, which is our hosting service, and search for The Jamie Dury Show there, and simply subscribe that way. Whichever way you decide to subscribe, you will be able to leave reviews, make comments, and follow the show. If you wish to email me directly with a question or if you have uh, a topic you'd like me to cover on a future broadcast, please feel free to email me directly at jamiedury1776 at gmail.com. That is J-A-M-I-E-D-U-R-I-E-1776 at gmail.com. Yeah, so I did want to speak a little bit about Afghanistan before going on to other matters. Now, in recent weeks, in a futile and pathetic defense of this cowardly fashion in which we abandoned our mission in, in Afghanistan, and the way we brought, or rather didn't bring, certain Americans home, the Biden administration and Biden himself and his press secretary, that benighted twit, Jen Psaki, uh, have been describing the Taliban as very de- 
uh, enlightened and democratic, and these are the people who are going to administer the country. Well, a top Taliban official today is saying that executions and strict punishment will return to Afghanistan under the aegis of the Taliban rule. Now, this is being reported in um, several places in the media, the Epic Times, no exception. Let me read a few things for you. Um, these extreme punishments will include not only executions, but amputations of hands and feet. This is what all civilized countries do, isn't it? You get a thief, you chop off his hands. I thought that was uh, pretty normal. Don't they do that in England and France and Italy and Switzerland? No, of course not, because they're civilized countries. Afghanistan isn't even a country. It's just a loose collection of tribes. It's never amounted to anything, and it's never going to amount to anything. Now, in a statement to the Associated Press, the co-founder of the Taliban, Mullah Nuruddin Turabi, dismissed criticism of the group's previous rule of Afghanistan between 1996 and 2001, where public executions, floggings, stonings, and amputations were commonplace. Tarabi, who lost an eye and a leg fighting against Soviet invaders in the 1980s, is the head of the new Ministry of Propagation of Virtue and Prevention of Vice and is in charge of enforcing punishments. Everyone criticized us for the punishments in the stadium, but we have never said anything about their laws and their punishments, Tarabi told the Associated Press in a report published Thursday. No one will tell us what our laws should be. We will follow Islam and we will make our laws on the Quran. Uh, Mr. Tarabi, even if, if Mr. is even an appropriate term for you, you're, you're nothing but a, but a buffoon, actually a thug. Uh, we never said anything about anybody else's laws. But what are you going to say about the laws in the United States, the lack thereof? how we let people out on, with no bail to go out and kill again. You're a lunatic in the one way. You go to the extreme, and the progressives here in this country, and just to remind everyone, progressive is the word for liberal. It's the new word. There's no progress to be made here. Yeah, any progress is of a, a retrograde nature. Here we have the exact opposite. We have no law. We're approaching an area or point in time in the United States where lawlessness is going to rule the day, where the people who commit the crime are going to dictate what happens here. But during the Taliban's rule more than 20 years ago, according to this article, convicted murderers were executed by a single shot to the head and typically by the victim's family, sometimes in stadiums and in other public arenas. Convicted thieves face the amputation of their hand and for those who are convicted of highway robbery, a foot and a hand were cut off. That would seem to put a bit of a, of a uh, blight on their ability to continue to commit crimes in those manner. But they're making a change from the previous Taliban rule. Tarabi told the Associated Press that female judges will now be able to adjudicate cases. And that's news to me. Uh, the Koran uh, doesn't have much use for women in it. But the foundation of the South Asian County's laws will be its interpretation of the command of the Quran, rather. Cutting off hands is very necessary for security, he told the Associated Press. 
saying that it has a deterrent effect. I would not doubt that. It's not clear whether the punishment will be carried out in public, but the government is studying the topic and will develop a policy. Um, Amnesty International, that liberal um, bastion of justice, is now uh, criticizing the uh, Taliban saying it's steadily dismantling dismantling the human rights we made there. What did you expect when these thugs get back in power? This is a third world country. It's not even a third world country. These people live in the Stone Age. Much of that portion of the world lives in the Stone Age. And the manner in which we left it has created an incredible... um, power vacuum there. And now who was looking to get back in? The Russians. But the Russians are approaching with a degree of trepidation. They don't know how deep they want to get in. They, they got their clock clean when they were the Soviet Union in Afghanistan. Uh, but the Chinese are interested too. Now why? Because it's not really widely known. Uh, you don't talk about it much in the press. But Afghanistan has stores of rare metals in its soil. The estimated value of the rare metals in Afghanistan is on the order of $1 trillion. $1 trillion. Uh, Why is China so interested in it? Because for many years, China has undercut other countries in the production and the refining of defense-critical rare metals. They dominate the global market. They currently control 85% of the global supply. 85%. So you can see why the Russians might be a little bit uh, disturbed by that. Metals, what we're talking about. Uh, Dysprosium, terbium, Uh, They're supposedly vital for defense technology. Uh, There's several others that are used uh, in high-end, I'm I'm sure I pronounced this, lanthanum is used in high-end camera lenses, Uh, phosphorescent europium is used in LED lights and plasma displays. I mean, it really goes on and on. And I I have to confess, I never knew this. I never knew that uh, Afghanistan contained this much wealth. I didn't think it had much in the way of oil, so I didn't know what the big interest was in it. I know why the Russians wanted it. The Russians wanted to get control of Afghanistan so they could leapfrog into the next country to work their way towards the Gulf where they could get a warm water port. The Russians have wanted a a warm water port for years, uh, and that was their their uh, power play to get it, but it didn't work out. Like I said, they got their clock clean. But now we have a vacuum there. And we don't know who's going to prevail or whether the Russians and Chinese will work cooperatively. But regardless of which way it works out, it's not going to be good for us. So this is just another failure in an administration which is in its mere infancy. I must say, on a scale of measuring failure, they're really way ahead of everyone else. In, In a few short months, just eight months to be exact, They've managed to destroy the economy, destroy gas prices, cause inflation to go up, uh, foisted vaccines on people and threaten people with mandates that um, 
they said were dangerous when Trump uh, loosened regulations so that the pharmaceutical companies could develop these vaccines. They said these vaccines were not trustworthy. They would never trust anything or take anything developed under Trump. Now, both he and Kamala Harris have taken them, and now they're ordering people to take them. And you got Biden has the actual chutzpah to tell people he's losing patience with these federal workers and these people that want to quit uh, rather than take the vaccine. Now, I took the vaccine. I took it because I was becoming, as I said, financially ruined in my businesses. But I don't fault people who don't want to take it. And I don't think people should be told if you don't take it, if you don't put something in your body that you don't trust or you have a medical condition which prevents you from taking it, I don't think you should be forced to take it. Now, if you want to work in healthcare uh, and be in close proximity to other people whose health you're responsible for, does your employer have the right to require you to submit to weekly testing if you don't want to take the vaccination? I don't think that's unfair. I don't think that's unreasonable. But to simply tell people, no, we're not going to give you the option of weekly testing. You're either going to take this vaccine or you're out the door. I think that's wrong. And it's getting out of control. Here in New York, although the vast majority of healthcare workers have been vaccinated, there is a substantial portion of the population that doesn't want to be vaccinated. More on that in due course. But before I leave this federal issue, I'd like to know why Biden has the, the balls, the chutzpah to say, or more, more like really the balls, the gall, to say that he's losing patience. But yet his executive order exempts the members of Congress from having to take the vaccine or any member of their staff. And I can't stand hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is the hallmark of the Democratic Party. Rules for thee, not for me. But in New York, a democratically controlled state, uh, we have problems. Now, we have a new governor here. We have Kathy Huckle. Nobody even knew who the hell she was before. Nobody ever knows who the lieutenant governor is. Uh, she replaced Il Duce. Uh, Benito Cuomo. Now, she's still trying to enforce the mandate that the former governor wrote. Apparently, this mandate takes effect on September 27th. Um, She's saying that the state will look for workers abroad to substitute for employees at hospitals and nursing homes who are unvaccinated against COVID-19. Now, this is really interesting. They've been making foreigners who wish to come here jump through hoops to get into this country just for tourism purposes. Meanwhile, people are allowed to come across the southern border uh, freely. uh, And when people leapfrog several countries, which is against international law, you're supposed to seek asylum if you're coming here because you're saying you're being politically persecuted. You're supposed to seek asylum in the first country you reach, which you're not uh, persecuted in. We now have Haitians, which is an island nation jumping into Guatemala or other places, coming up through Mexico and deciding they want to park themselves here. And everybody's up in arms because the Border Patrol were using horses to try and corral some of these people. Well, have you ever seen the terrain on the southern border near the Rio Grande? I don't think it's actually unreasonable at all that they'd want to use horses. It's probably a very good way to get around. It certainly worked for the early pioneers that conquered that very wild state of Texas. But Kathy um, Hochul is saying she's looking for uh, foreign workers. 
The state government works with various hospital systems to seek other potential work. We also have state individuals that are trained to be helpful. Okay, fine. I don't know what that's going to do for you. Uh, we're also reaching out to the Department of State to find out about visas for foreign workers on a limited basis to bring more nurses over here. The governor blamed those who refused the COVID-19 vaccine for the current situation. People who will not get vaccinated are the only reason that this country and these communities and our cities have not been able to fully to be fully engaged in a state of normalcy. No, Governor Hochul, that is not true. The only reason why we have been unable to engage in a state of normalcy are because of idiots like you and your Democratic brethren who think you can run your state like the Nazi party ran Germany. Have your vaccination card, have your papers, or you're not getting in. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. Now, to date, approximately 84% of the state's 450,000 hospital workers, 85% of the state's adult care facility workers, and 83% of the state nursing home staff have been fully vaccinated. Now, I don't know why. We're at 85%. Seems a little overtime. Should be able to solve the problem. Uh, but they still don't want to give up. They want to hang on to this virus. I'm going to show you some numbers in a second. I'm going to prove to you that this is all a canard. Um, the vaccine mandate introduced by Cuomo was back in mid-August. Now, the health commissioner at the time, Howard Zucker, said that the data and science tell us that getting more people vaccinated as quickly as possible is the best way to keep people safe. This mandate will help both close the vaccination gap and reduce the spread of the Delta variant. Now, let's talk about this Delta variant. I just learned today that over 90% of the new COVID cases we're getting are due to the Delta variant. Now that, to me, is good news, because you probably don't know, because they deliberately don't want to tell you, that the Delta variant, although apparently more contagious than the original COVID-19 virus, is far less lethal than the original COVID-19 virus. I've told you on this show before, if you're a regular listener, that the mortality rate from the Delta variant is eight hundredths of one percent. Eight hundredths of one percent. That's eight deaths for every 10,000 cases, or approximately 1 in 12. That's hardly something to go into a panic about that we have to address. If all these new cases keep primarily coming from the Delta variant, I don't think we're in bad shape at all. And they say there's going to be more variants and more variants and more variants. The people that should be really being called task, out to task for this are the Chinese who developed this thing, and that idiot Fauci, who was instrumental in getting them a grant to do this gain-of-function research, which even the Obama administration had prohibited from being done within the continental United States, deeming it too dangerous to do. Who the hell is he to farm it out to a foreign country? Who the hell is he? But you can't make this stuff up. Now, I mentioned before, uh, while talking about the uh, 
intention of the governor to bring foreign workers here, I obliquely referenced the crisis on the border. Uh, this press secretary for the White House is really getting on my nerves. Now, a Fox News correspondent uh, called her to task at a daily press conference. A fellow by the name of Peter Ducey heard him before. And he wanted to know if there was any truth to the fact that there was a possibility of phony pregnancies uh, allowing for the release of Haitians who illegally crossed the U.S.-Mexican border. Now, she brushed off the notion that some of the more than 10,000 Haitian migrants who were all huddled under that bridge in, near Del Rio, Texas, uh, might be exploiting a loophole to avoid swift deportation. I heard her. She was so snarky. Oh, is there a prices uh, with pregnant women? I'm, I'm not aware of this. Uh, look, we've known for years, even before Biden, even before Trump, that pregnant women were trying to drag themselves across the Rio Grande to have their child on U.S. soil so that the t- child would become an American citizen and use them as anchor babies to get themselves and the rest of their families here. And Trump was quite correct when he said, are you trying to tell me that because a woman drags herself across the border illegally and gives birth to her child on this side of the river, that that suddenly makes us obligated to take care of that child for the rest of his or her life? And from constitutional scholars that I've spoken to, they say that this is a perversion of what the actual law is, that people who get here illegally uh, and have their children here illegally really aren't entitled to become citizens. This is something that sort of has been foisted upon us, been accepted as the relevant uh, state of the law. So people are trying to use this loophole to get in here. I think that anything that allows the number of illegal aliens to come into the United States and remain here uh, and increases the overall number of aliens is a matter of national security concern. I've said it many times on this show that we can only absorb so many, and you cannot have unlimited immigration to welfare. As the great um, economist Milton Friedman said, we had unlimited immigration here in the late uh, 19th century and the early 20th century because we had employment for these people. The country was growing. And you can have unlimited immigration to employment. You can't have unlimited immigration to welfare. And that's what we have right now. And if it continues, it's going to cripple and forever uh, alter this country and probably uh, result in its ruination. But it isn't necessarily people who are coming from foreign shores uh, that the United States at risk. It's people that are already within our shores, people who are already within our government, people who are entrusted with the security of this country and of the American people. And I'm speaking about this idiot, General Mark Milley. He looks like a doofus, and how he became a four star general is beyond me, but he is an absolute traitor. In case you haven't followed the case, General Mark Milley was the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he is the man whom Bob Woodward of Watergate fame 
says in his new book, Peril, took it upon himself to circumvent the chain of command in the closing days of the Trump administration after the election, but prior to the inauguration of Biden. It was Mark Milley who engaged in secret conversations, allegedly, between his counter, um, uh, what would you call it, not counterpoint, but his uh, counterplayer, in the People's Liberation Army of China, General Li Zhongcheng, letting him know that, you know, I think that uh, Trump is unstable, don't worry, if there's an attack, if they'll warn you, uh, we're going to try and keep the codes from him. This is treason. You can't describe it any other way. Now, Woodward is not known for manufacturing fantasy, but you it's also not known for really sharing much in the way of his sources, and he does rely an awfully lot on unnamed sources. But according to his co-author, Robert Costa, he says that um, Milley allegedly uh, communicated with Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi regarding removing President Trump's unilateral, unilateral authority over the nuclear weapons. She supposedly told Milley, you know he's crazy, and Milley responded that he agreed completely. Now, this might seem like Milley going through established channels, but let's note that Pelosi is the leader of the rival opposition party, and Milley is accountable to the commander-in-chief, not the Democratic leader of the House. Milley then, according to the book, allegedly proceeded to extract out of the other top generals an oath that if the president instructed them to fire nuclear weapons, they should not do it. Rather, they should make sure that they went through him. Who the hell is this appointee to extract oaths from other top generals, creating his own personal alliances with them against the president of the United States, who was duly elected? as commander-in-chief. And no one, no one, people can say it, people can say it in the news, people can speculate on it, people can, can pontificate on it on the evening talk shows. No one has certified Trump as anything other than perfectly sane. This is complete fantasy. And I'd like to know, if this actually is verified, I'd like to know who these other top generals were who didn't tell General Milley and call him on the carpet, I will do no such thing, General. What you are doing is tantamount to treason. And if you attempt to do it, I will view it as such, and I will take action against you under the authority of the Constitution to remove you and prevent you from betraying the Commander-in-Chief. I'd like to know who these people are. What does it say about our military that this idiot could do this? Now, whether it's true or not, we don't know. But this is absolute treason. The notion that no one is investigating it, the notion that no one in Congress is calling for an investigation onto this, doesn't anyone... See, I, I think what it really comes down to is the Republicans talk about investigating, but they never do anything. When they're in power, they investigate, nothing comes of it. Um, when the Democrats are in power, they only investigate if it's something that has to do with Republicans. If it has something to do with Democrats, they poo-poo it, say it didn't happen, nothing to see here, 
uh, go find something else. Just like they did with that idiot in California, uh, Eric Swalwell. He's running around claiming for years that Trump is an agent of Russia. He's sleeping with a little whore from China, Fan Fang. Sounds like something out of a James Bond movie. And his campaign was bankrolled by China. He's in bed with China. No, 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 don't look at me. Look at him. Look at the, the man with the orange hair. He's the Russian. Yeah, but you're the Chinese spy. So something has to be done about these people. And as far as General Milley is concerned, short of court-martialing him, there's nothing wrong with Milley that liberal use of a Louisville slugger wouldn't cure. That's all for today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm Jamie Dury, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.